No, 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 Kit, you gotta say that into a microphone. Talk into the microphone, Kit. God damn it, we're, we're 19 episodes in, Kit, and you still can't talk into the microphone. I was encouraging you to say it. I wanted this to be your moment, Graham. No, Kit. Wait, but, um, no, I didn't write it down. But they're like, yeah, you, you, apparently you were blackout drunk and you went into a bar and you, you, uh, you stripped naked and then you started peeing into other people's drinks saying something about the fountain of youth exists. It's time to watch a movie. You've never seen There might be some ninjas Or a crazy death machine But there'll be smiles And there'll be tears You won't watch another movie For about 800 years It's time for death by video time for death by video with Phil and Kit and Lillian and Graham and we're back welcome back guys it has been an extended break I'm Graham and I'm Phil I am Kit. And we are joined yet again by the Soviet Union's finest export, our very special guest, the one, the only... Lillian. Привет! Yeah! Yay! Hurrah! Sorry for the extended break, guys. That's been mostly my fault. I was horrendously sick, as you can hear on the Tommy Tricker episode, which hasn't gone up yet, but by the time this one goes up, it'll have been up for like at least a week. And uh, then I was super busy. It's a busy time at work, and uh, unfortunately, I don't work regular hours. Ooh, is there an ominous noise? Yeah, the ghosts have not been pleased that we haven't been coming here weekly. Um, yeah, it was all it was all boarded up when we got here earlier. We had to pry mm-hmm. off the uh, the abandoned store signs again. Lots of cobwebs too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty a bit sh- of mold. Mm-hmm. And the old uh, adult section has collapsed in on itself. So I don't know what that's saying. But um, it kind of worked out because for the Canadiana month. Right? Yeah, yeah. We kind of just decided to explore a little bit more of Canada, didn't we, everybody? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, definitely. I went to Scarborough. <laughs> I went to Montreal. And I went to Saskatoon, of all places, yes. and it was oh, awesome. Nice. And, and Kit, Kit, you went to? Stratford. All right. So we did a little bit of exploring, and uh, we came back to say that we love our country. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I, did, I did the rabbit tour in Montreal. Mm-hmm. Nice. You hit up that old that old mall. Yeah, yeah. The Tommy Tricker Mall, aka. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that both Rabbit and Tommy no, Tricker I'm... use the same mall. <laughs> it's right. To, it's on that main street, the one that. Um, uh, did they really? I didn't. Did, yeah. Did we mention that last I've podcast? Actually, I, I did. I tried to. I was like, it's the mall. Like. But but no, like I, because I've been to Montreal and I've actually gone to that mall and I recognized it from Rabbit and then I recognized it from Tommy Tricker. I'm pretty sure I have been to that mall before, but not this time. It's the one I forget. What's that? It's not in the uh, Latin Quartier. It's in the um, the center of town, the main street in the center of town that that big CD store is on. That they still have a CD store, crazily enough. Um, that the mall is on, like the shopping district or whatever it's yeah, called. Yes, Saint Catherine. That's the one. That's the yeah. one. Yeah, that's the street it's on. So, guys, have we watched anything interesting since we last met? I started watching Master of None. It's really good. I'm one of the last people on board with that, so... Uh, I have yet to watch an episode. I haven't seen it yet, either. Uh, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Watched a few things, but I can't recall right now. Mm. Yeah, like, we haven't been out to the movies. I need mm-hmm. something like... I saw Landline. Yeah, you saw Landline. That's right. It's yeah. been a couple. That's I saw Landline close. with Jenny Slate and John Turturro and Edie Falco and uh, that was a reunion of um, Jenny Slate and that director. Whatever. Yeah, Julian Robespierre of Something the like Obvious that, yeah. Child. Yeah, yeah. It was quite good. I highly recommend anyone to go to see it. It's the kind of movie that you don't see getting made much anymore. It feels like very much like a 1990s uh, second feature film. It's set in New York City in 1995. Uh, and it's a story about a couple sisters and their mother and father and the fallout of their father possibly having an affair. Mm. Oh, wait, I totally forget. I got, I watched Arrival or as... Um, Arrival, as they call it in Montreal. 
Arrival. <laughs> I, I think I think they called it Arrival. Uh, whoever won the Oscar for the I'm pretty sure it's, it was Arrival. 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 What, what did you think, Phil? I actually liked it, and people were unsure. They were like, you know what, Phil? I don't think you're going to like it. Y- you might be okay with it, but I'm not... Sh- don't get your hopes up. And what was that I about? Aliens making contact. I want to say it was Carrie Russell in that movie, but it was. It's Amy Adams, Adams, right? Yeah, Amy Adams. Yeah, Yeah, Amy Adams is a linguist. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And there's a time twist, which is, I'd say contrived, because apparently Amy Adams never ages whatsoever. So it's it's kind of a cheat on the filmmakers. Spoiler alert, everyone. I watched the Wet Hot American Summer series. Oh, yeah, I watched that, too. Dipped into that, and, uh, hmm, I don't know. I'm waiting to be, like, Wowed. I kind of just stopped. I kind of didn't give a shit. I don't it's know. it's not as good as the movie or First Day of Camp, but I still, I, I still, it's just great seeing those characters interacting again, yeah. especially, especially, like, I watched it around the same time I watched Landline, and just, like, Landline was very subtle in its 90s-ness, in its 90s-ness, whereas Wet Hot American Summer from Episode 1, they have a full box of, like, inline skates, and... Discman and uh, just other and like the character says like and a bunch of other stuff from 1991. <laughs> and, and Paul Rudd looks like a Pearl Jam roadie and um. So I, I feel bad saying that I I don't have a good impression of what Hot American Summer. I'm I'm remembering certain elements to it, and there it has its moments. It just didn't take me away. You know, like, it didn't leave me, like, going, oh, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? Like, keep watching. The TV no, show it, 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 or the wasn't, movie? It wasn't as good as the, the show, previous the show, Hot American the, Summers. But, the um, 10 years later thing. Yeah. Is that what we're talking about, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Have you seen, you've seen the first two? A few up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen the movie and I've seen the show and... Uh, yeah. The, the final episode, I, I did, like, just... The constant endings? The constant endings. Okay, I've only seen a few episodes. I haven't. Well, uh, like it's it's commitment to cliche. Like I I felt it was even more committed to cliche than the other what Out American Summers were. Hmm. So I in, in that way it was really amusing. Yeah. Yes. Now, um, there's something else before we get into our movie topic for this uh, episode. We should mention um, two of us here made a film that has been gotten into the TIFF Instagram Shorts Film Festival. Yes, congratulations. It stars our own Christopher Kit Lewis. Christoph Lewis? Christoph Louis. As I'm known in Austria, yeah. yes. Um, and it stars Lillian's sister, Ermina. Woohoo! Who will be on, she'll be on, when we cover Elvira's Haunted Hills, she'll be on an episode. Oh, wicked. We're going to do that one? Yeah, of course. We're going to do every it'll, movie. It'll be a, but then he spoke uh, all stars. Uh. Yep. And I wrote, directed, and filmed it, and edited it. Or maybe we could have a Graham M. Shepard night. Where we watch what, that my wonderful movie? wonderful director. Does anybody know him? Of Christmas Steve infamy? Yes, and... Uh, Zygosity. His Zygosity. And... But then he spoke. And... Winnipeg. And Winnipeg. And he's done music videos, too, hasn't he? Two, two music videos. <laughs> one for a Christian, one for a Christian rapper named Scripture D. Epistle. Oh, I remember Scripture. Oh, Scripture. He was the guy where I was like, he's like, he wanted a literal metaphor of like, well, I kind of want this guy to like fall down and shoot himself in the head, and I'm like, that's not gonna work, because um, he was a very much a believer on falling his own sword. And then the other one was uh, also starring Christopher Kit Lewis, or as he's known in, in his action films, Christopher Kick Lewis. Um, in uh, Underground by Emoticon. I'd just like to point out that in every Graham M. Shepard film I've been in, I have been horribly murdered. Were you about to say the F word before? before no. Every like, Graham M. Shepard production. Graham F. Shepard. Um, but I do have to say, though, I realize that in every single short I've done, Kit's head has been injured in some way. He was uh, punched by by Emoticon in Underground. You had a bottle shattered over your head in uh, Zygosity. You had your head blown off in Christmas Steve. And, and but then he spoke. Ermina smashes your head in with a hammer. Are you a cat? Not that I know of. By the way, Kit, in the next thing I'm I'm writing, you will not have a head injury. You will die. Going with torso injuries. No. In the next one, are we? No injury. Um, so yeah. So I want to. 
I haven't seen Kit in person since we got in or since it actually uh, played on the Instagram page. It's going to be playing at the TIFF Bell Light Box during the TIFF Festival uh, and also playing at Union Station. We haven't gotten the results back yet. It's eligible for two awards. The Jury Award, which is headed up by Isabel Hubert and Lake Bell and Director X. What, are they going to be watching our film? Yeah, they are, right? Yeah. I know, Isabel Hubert, the Oscar-nominated actress from Elle, is watching, but then he spoke. And ex-director of Rascals' Northern Touch. Yep. (laughs) I forgot about Director X. uh, Formerly Little X. Mm -hmm. And Lake Bell, uh, director of uh, In a World. And uh, co-star of Wet Hot American Summer. Summer, I know. And there's Children's Hospital. Yeah, it's also starring um, one of the actors from Moonlight, Asher. One of the actors from Moonlight, I can't recall his name off the top of my head, I'm very sorry. Um, The the, uh, great Bollywood director, I can't pronounce his name, but he directed the awesome Bollywood action film My Name is Khan. And the creative director of Uniqlo, the, this clothing store. We ever going to do Bollywood here at uh, the old abandoned video store? Oh, just you wait. <laughs> Let's do it. Is that a good one? I've seen it on Netflix. Uh... My name is Khan. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I highly recommend My Name is Khan. I've I used to watch a lot more Bollywood in university. Um, I've kind of fallen off the wagon, but My Name is Khan is one that I did track out. It's it's quite good. There was an article recently in the Torontoist. I was giving a shout out to the Albion Theater, where it's a oh, Bollywood yeah. multiplex. So. Yeah. People will drive hours out of town to go to this hit, hit up this yep. multiplex. Yeah, oh, totally. It was huge when I was a kid, like in in where am I? In Soviet, Soviet Russia. Union. In Soviet Russia, we would go and with our little uh, seeds, our sunflower seeds, and uh, catch a catch a Bollywood flick. Yeah, those effing sunflower seeds that I find in my apartment every time I have your sister over. Yeah, good times. Good times. Yes. I like your Soviet Russia. In Soviet Russia, we watch Bollywood film on the TV. Um, on the big silver screen. Awesome. Um, so tonight's film, guys, the ghost sent, it, uh, sent us a bevy of options, and we all kind of elected one they, out of they the They were pack. very generous this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were. I think they're kind of happy to have us back. I, think they're, they're, like, oh, I thought they were happy having us away. Oh, I never left. I was too ill after Tommy Tricker, so I just kind of laid here for a good. Went to Scarborough. Yeah, that was this weekend. That was uh, that was on Monday. No, that was on Tuesday. I went to the Scarborough Bluffs. All right. So tonight we are going to be watching the infamous 1971 film, The Zodiac Killer. It's not David Fincher's Zodiac. It's not that TV movie. It's not that movie that came out called Resurrecting the Zodiac earlier this year. There's it's, also a straight-to-DVD one, too. I remember that one. The Along Zod- with, like, they did a mm-hmm. bunch, like, Bind- BTK Killer, and yep. then there was the, the Ted, Zodiac the Killer. The Ted Bundy one of that of that group was actually Jeremy really Renner, good. right? Uh, no, that's that's the... Uh, oh, he plays Jeffrey Dahmer. He plays Dahmer, yeah. yeah the Ted right. Bundy one is actually... Yeah, I don't want to say it's awesome, but it's disturbing, and it's actually really, really good. The Jeffrey Dahmer one I didn't like that much. I never watched the Richard Ramirez one or the uh, the John Wayne Gacy movie. Or the BTK Killer. Or the BTK Rodriguez. Richard oh, Ramirez. Ramirez. Ramirez, yeah. Oh, the Night Stalker. Yes, yes, yeah. Yes, yes. He's the guy that would break into girl, the two women's houses and rape them and kill them and was apparently uh, alleged. I forgot about him. Yeah. We Good. Sh- yeah, we should forget about <laughs> these horrible people. So um, the interesting thing about this one was that it was originally made in an attempt to catch the Zodiac Killer. It was released while the Zodiac Killer was still active. And uh, the thought was... This guy is so narcissistic that he would come out to see his own movie. And the police said, this is so stupid, it might actually work. But when did Dirty Harry come out? Uh, 70, 71, 72? Dirty Harry's 71, and Zodiac Killer, I think it's, it's seven, listed as 71 as yeah, well. Yeah, right, 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 yeah. Where the, and the yeah, Dirty Harry is kind of inspired by um, David Toshi, is that the name David of them? Toshi, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the actual uh, police detective who, in, who investigated. Well, Bullet was also before that. Yeah, was Bullet, on yeah, him. on him as well. And that was before the Zodiac Killer. In uh, Dirty Harry, the killer is known as Scorpio, um, played by the dad from Hellraiser, um, whose name I can't remember, who was also in a bunch of Star Trek episodes. So, with that being said, do we have anything else to say before we go on to the Zodiac Killer? Kid, are you going to make it? Are you going to survive? Oh, there's some uh, uh, R.I.P. Jerry Lewis, I guess. Oh, yeah, yeah, Jerry Lewis, the uh, 
the star of many a comedy film. And I was I was trying to think of uh, films that I've actually seen him in, and then I couldn't think of one. But I have King actually of seen King of Comedy. Yeah, yes. Jerry Lewis, Darling of the for the French. Yes, he was a um, uh, respected as a great auteur because he wrote, directed, and starred in his films as well as edited them. Not so much well respected over here. You said there's a, uh, a Holocaust film that he never released. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Kit were the texting me. The day the clown cried. At the day, yeah, it was the day the clown cried, and it uh, it was shot, directed, and finished. And then he felt so bad afterwards that he refused to have it released. Where he played a clown hired by the Nazis to lure children into gas chambers You're in concentration camps. Me. Wow. Oh, it's real, and it exists. It's in the vault. Um, it's actually, the Library of Congress has a copy. And in eight years from now, it'll finally be released. That's when it enters public domain? No, no, no. That's that's when uh, the, the I think it was like, or maybe it was 10 years. Like, basically, they it was said, like an embargo. It was one of those things, like, 10 yeah. years after he's dead, they right, can release okay. it. Yeah. Hmm. And we finally get to see it. Interestingly enough, Patton Oswalt, um, the comedian who we mentioned earlier, he, um, did we mention him on the podcast or were we just talking about the We Empire? were talking about him tonight, yeah. You, we were like talking about him in, in relation like, to our Brian Dennehy discourse that should not make the cut. Oh, we had an amazing we talk about, Brian, about Dennehy. Brian Dennehy. This is true. In relation to other, because he played uh, John Wayne Gacy in the 80s uh, made-for-TV movie To Catch yeah. a Killer. It's like a serial killer night. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. True crime night. Um, I hope I don't get stalked tonight. Oh, God. You're taking the TTC home. No, no. The ghosts will see me through. They always do. Anyway. I have to tell him to shut up most of the time. What, what does Pat Oswalt have to do with this Holocaust movie? Um, he, Lillian, you're scaring me now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to walk you all the way home. I miss those days where like you can't. I'm kidding. I'm gonna just gonna take it all back. Never mind. But don't you like walk down the street sometimes? Well, you guys are all guys, so maybe not. But don't you like walk down the street sometimes and think, oh my god. Like anybody could just jump out of the bush and I've I've thought that at times depending yeah. on the neighborhood I'm in I think and kind of like I definitely thought that as a child because uh, this was like sort of the era of uh, the heyday of uh, child abductions yeah. and uh, yeah yeah it made me think like this kind of thing doesn't danger. really happen so much anymore it, it does it's just not sure it's it, it oh totally does yeah yeah, yeah. it's eleven do you know where your kids are yeah <laughs> um. I was actually jumped in Windsor, which contributes to my dislike of Windsor, Ontario. Yeah. I don't dislike the people of Windsor. I just dislike the Windsor of Windsor. Um, so, yeah, so we're going to watch this, and we'll be back <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> Leave us hanging on this. To, Patton Oswalt. Uh, oh, Patton Oswalt. Oh, uh, with regards, oh, right. So he, he basically staged readings of the clown. The, he got a copy of the script. Oh, cool. And was going to stage a reading, but Jerry Lewis just sent cease and desist orders and the actual Los Angeles police to shut down this reading. So it never happened. But is it fair that they're going to show it 10 years or 8 years after his death if he doesn't want it to be, like, it seems like he doesn't want it out there. I think that that's his... Well, he can't his... say much about it now, can he? <laughs> no, I think, I, think, I think that was his choice. He was 91. Yeah, I think that was his choice, though. I think he chose to, like, put an embargo on it until after he died because no one knows if he's just... Oh, a... so he's okay with it being yeah, kind of doesn't want to be around for that. Yeah, it's like Mark Twain's autobiography. He said 100 years after he died, it can be published. Okay. Which actually I want to read. Have you, read, Phil, have you read any of Mark Twain's autobiography? No, like, there were supposed to be like multi, at least a dozen volumes, and I yeah. think they've only published me the first three so far. I know. So with that note, let's lock our doors, shut our windows, turn on the nightlight. It's time for The Zodiac Killer. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> this is The Zodiac speaking. No, it's not. Bob Keel here. Tonight, we have more news on the Zodiac Killer. Hey, fellas, hold it down. I want to hear this. He writes another letter to the papers. And I quote, This is the Zodiac speaking. I am the murderer of the taxi driver over on Washington and Maple Street. They could have caught me last night if they had searched the park properly instead of holding road races with their squad cars. I'm sick, you say. I should be put away, but I'm still loose, aren't I?
Well, safe you and sound. All right. What do you say to the nice man? Say thank you. I don't like him. And that was the Zodiac Killer. Wow. Wow. That was something. It was. I, uh, yeah, I was glued. Yeah, that existed, yeah. <laughs> it was a film that was made and released in the theaters, or maybe just theater. It was a regional film. Um, so just to explain regional films, back before the term independent film was thrown around, there were films that were made for local areas by local people, um, and they were essentially what we consider nowadays independent films, but that back then they were called regionals because they were made in a region and never really existed outside of it, and this film definitely falls into that category. Um, so guys, what do we all think of the Zodiac Killer? <laughs> Phil, you were really eager beaver to watch this movie. Even yes. yesterday you mentioned, like, I really want to watch this movie. Yes. You slept through most of this movie. No, I did. he didn't. He fell asleep I, I, for I, his pinch. I, I, I slept through, like, maybe about half of it. Yeah. I, I don't think you missed that much. No, I don't think I did, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So, as as we discussed during the okay, film... I guess, I guess that means you didn't like it very much, huh? No, I wouldn't say that. I think he was also very exactly tired. Good, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think this is definitely, like, I love these types of movies because they're definitely made by people with a vision um, that is not the same as the vision of, like, Hollywood filmmakers, especially at the time. So I kind of like seeing a little idiosyncrasies, like, we're going to follow this character for the first 20 minutes of the movie, and it's got nothing to do with the rest of the movie whatsoever. Nope. Like, we're going to watch this man, like, pull in his truck incorrectly into a loading bay. He's going to talk about his whole situation with his wife and kid and how his wife is like won't let him see his kid and his kid is half his so come on guys that was like a lead up to a possible suspect yeah it was he's got a gun he he shoot goes to the range every now and then because they pointed out that the zodiac has a good shot yeah he's a a good shot sorry yeah he is although he no he actually never says anything bad about gay people he just accuses his friend of being gay and he's constantly calling his ex a bitch and all that and i guess the women hating is a huge element of the zodiac killer yeah yeah that definitely gets drawn upon a little mm-hmm. but yeah no uh, uh grover i think his name is yeah grover or groovy as the ladies like the to ladies call him. call him groovy he wears a donald trump wig and is overall just a terrible person and not to mention he wears a gold suit as well. A green gold suit. And he's yeah. really, like, the kicker is that he really doesn't think that he's that bad of a guy. Oh, yeah. He thinks the world is, like, against him and there's everything just some, keeps fucking up. There's some class struggle going on here, too. He does think he's a, he thinks he's a stud, but the only thing holding him back is his occupation as a truck driver. He's a truck driver, so he poses as a big shot businessman and big wears the, uh, the Donald Trump wig, although Donald Trump was not a thing. Yeah, no, he's like a blue-collar proto-Donald Trump there, yeah. I don't really think he's a blue-collar proto-Donald Trump at all. It's the 70s, like, who didn't have that hairdo, right? As we see a lot in, the, in that movie, though, people, like, a, a lot of the... do I believe. A lot of the men had bad toupee-do's, I do have to say. Like, when we got into well, some even, of those close-ups, like, the HD remastering did no one any favors in this movie. Well, even there's a there's a scene later on where this uh, the Zodiac killer is on the beach, and a couple, like, looks into his bag, and there's a wig in there, and the guy's <laughs> like, there's a wig in here, and the lady's like... Lots of people oh, wear wigs. They're all doing that these days. It's all their age. I know, and then they find his fake nose, and that, see, like, raises more questions. After he's given them some hot dogs, what was that line kit about? Because they're like he's he's a vegetarian and he prepares hot dogs to like his whole way of enticing this couple on the beach is to prepare hot dogs and have them cook their own dogs. Um, and then when he gets back after going to get some more firewood, what does he say, Kit? Well, I, I wrote it down just because I thought it was funny, and it's uh, yeah. The couple says the hot dogs are were good, and then and then the Zodiac killer says, "I'm so very glad you liked them." I don't know why I thought that was funny at you the time. You should stay and have some more. <laughs> no, his line was, was kind of crazy hilarious. look on his face. It's like you want to uh, not. You want to run. Yeah. His actual line was, stay, it gets better. Oh, it gets better. Right. <laughs> what is it to get better of? Um, was yeah. Aladdin on the magic carpet ride? He's going to oh, bust out hamburger's nest. better. Oh, yeah. Um, where to start with this film? So Grover is our big red herring oh, off the top, well. and then there's uh, is Gary the name of the person that they actually posit is the Zodiac killer? I think it's Gary. Oh whoa, shit! I didn't even catch his name. He's such a Mister Nobody. Yeah, it kind of looks like Norman Mailer. Uh, right? 
Like, yeah. He loves his rabbits. He does. He's a he's an avid uh, bunny enthusiast. He has about like it looks like from my count about nine of them in cages, and one Leo passes away early on, and he buries them in front of a large metal cross. Um, and in and he only orders salad when he goes out to diners. So um, and yeah, the uh, the diner owner who's like, yeah, we serve rabbit soup. We love rabbit soup. Rabbit soup is delicious. No, 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 Kit. Let's be clear it was it was rabbit stew not stew. soup okay rabbit I'm sorry. soup is disgusting rabbit stew is delicious but, but anyway he's like you shouldn't cook rabbits in a stew or people shouldn't be eating rabbits or some such and she's like thing. why rabbits are delicious um i've never eaten rabbit i but can't yeah when he uh, this is where uh groovy he comes into the diner too while she's telling him about the rabbit stew and he's like i don't give a shit what the hell do i want a rabbit stew for give me a ham and cheese yeah and then he calls her like a useless waste or like empty vessel or something. Uh, she gets she gets good at him too. And her her big response is, "You're just nothing but a truck driver." Toot toot. That's what she does. Well, he called her that like on some other n- drunken bout, like on another night. He didn't call her that then and there. I do I do have to say that Groovy or Grover is the MVP of this movie. Like he, without him setting up the movie, and you're just like, who is this random guy we're following for like the first third of the film? He kept reminding me of Hank in, from Breaking Bad. Uh, who Groovy or yeah? Is it yeah. because he's bald? Yeah. Okay, that's and light eyed and but I don't know. He just had H- that countenance. Hank Hill is not bald. You're thinking of the other guy. No, no, you, Hank. No, we're not talking about King of the Hill. We're talking about Breaking Bad. Hank Schrader, uh, Dean Norris. Yeah, not not Hank Hill. Not I tell you what, I sell propane, propane accessories. <laughs> why, why did I assume Hank Hill? <laughs> By the way, they're talking about doing a King of the Hill reboot, which I am stoked for. I really yes. want to see more adventures of Hank, Bobby, um, uh, and the rest of the gang. I just I, I remember when he's like being brought into the um, the group of high-powered Japanese businessmen who are like <laughs> who say that he's he's not just white, he's super white. Um, <laughs> they like he's like prove to me that you're really my friend. I sell what and what accessories, and his response was. Cowboy hats. <laughs> Back to the the wonderful film we just watched, Zodiac Killer. Um, it starts with a random murder on the street, with some voiceover stating that, like, at any moment, at any time, I can strike. You probably know someone like me. Maybe you know me. Maybe you are me. Um, yeah, I liked I liked the tone of it. It was yeah, kind of too. like yeah, it was kind of like. You don't know, but I could it's be these and I could be that. Yeah, it's that kind of 70s, mm-hmm. campy, ominous. Uh, campy, ominous, but also, like, it's... The film is shot in such a... The, the low-budgetness aids the film because there are certain moments where it's clear that they're just, like, shooting stuff and handheld and not really caring about lighting or positioning, and it adds... It makes certain scenes actually genuinely disturbing. Like, when he was killing the, the couple by the lake... I kind of like I, I, I winced a little. It was really like rough. It it re- actually reminded me of Fincher's Zodiac, which has a very similar scene by the lake, and is just as rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But with Fincher's movie, you can tell like this is a movie made by professionals and their actors, and it's real special effects. So this one, it's like, did he just kind of find two people and like tie them up by the lake and then stab them, and that's how they did it? Obviously, Probably. they didn't. No, because um, of the backstory. But it kind of has a snuff vibe to it. Yeah, like a lot of 70s films do. Do Like, we watched a bunch of uh, true crime trailers that were on this Blu-ray as well. By the way, this is a stunning restoration of a film that had been largely thought lost forever um, by the American Genre Film Archive. And the, the amazing thing about it is that when uh, they launched this restoration program, um, they looked at the films that were available through something weird video, and this was one of the films, but it was only in a terrible VHS transfer from, I think, a 16 millimeter print. And so they actually had to go through the American Genre Film actual physical archive in Austin, Texas, and found an actual print, and they've actually spent about two years restoring it. It still looks really rough, but um, I am just glad that we live in a world where this film and other films like it, like the Avenging Disco Godfather, can get the 4K restoration. We live in great times, guys. So anyways, Lil, you were being chased by the ghost of a former uh, Canadian Prime Minister saying what? Disco Godfather. Like, he wouldn't let me be. I was leaving the video store. Was it William Lyon Mackenzie King? I couldn't make... I mean, I never talked to the guy, so I couldn't make out his voice. 
It wasn't a good old Lester B. Pearson. I didn't hear an airplane or anything. Lester B. Pearson is actually when you, interesting when well you come up. Well played, Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, so back to the film. Um... Uh, so we we talked at length about Grover, aka Groovy, who is a middle-aged truck driver picking up ladies in bars with his friend Gary. Gary the mailman. Good old Gary. Or as Mrs. Crocker at the very beginning of the film says, "You ignorant mailman." I know, as if mailman is an insult. He gets a lot of abuse, and also he gets late loving. sometimes. Yeah, that was just one time, but it, it was. I'm like, if that happened more, maybe he wouldn't be so nuts. Um, so anyways, we're led to believe that, uh, this Gary, or Gary Grover character might be the Zodiac Killer because he shows extreme, uh, uh, hatred and dislike towards women, especially his ex-wife, and he gets blackout drunk, he carries a gun, we don't really know what he yeah, does. at one point he blacked out between ordering a coffee at a diner and getting it. So that was a huge red flag. That was actually Gary, who actually turned out to be the Zodiac Killer in this movie. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought we were talking about him. No, no, we're talking about about Groovy, yeah. Oh, sorry. But Groovy also blacked out and forget where he'd be. He'd be like, I've been loaded. I probably did terrible things. He just gets... Groovy just gets smashed and just does... Like, he pisses into people's drinks and calls it the... What's that line? What's that line? No, 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 Kit, you gotta say that into a microphone. Talk into the microphone, Kit. God damn it, we're we're 19 episodes in, Kit, and you still can't talk into the microphone. I was encouraging you to say it. I wanted this to be your moment, Graham. No, Kit. Wait, but um, no, I didn't write it down. <laughs> but they're like, yeah, you you apparently you were blackout drunk and you went into a bar and you you uh, you stripped naked and then you started peeing into other people's drinks, saying something about the fountain of youth exists. Yeah, they're like, you stripped at the bar, and then he looks at his notes, uh, on the bar, <laughs> on the bar, and you proceeded to urinate into the patrons' drinks while shouting, the fountain of youth is still going strong. What's what's funny about uh, uh, Grover or Groovy is uh, we see him um, getting ready to go out and he puts on his golden tan suit and uh, his really shitty looking wig. Then he goes to the bar and when we see him at the bar, he's got like six hot ladies Mm -hmm. around him. Just like, just pawing him and stuff like that. I guess they think he's a big shot. And then one of them pulls his wig off and calls him a bald-headed bastard and he gets really angry. Yeah. And then his friend Gary has to be like, don't we just let it go, man. There's also a really weird scene where, like, a cop walks into that bar and everybody just stops their conversation and stares at him and says, like, oh, speaking of pigs. And the cop just buys some cigarettes from a dispenser and turns, like, to leave. But before he goes, he stops and looks back at the bar and goes, Merry Christmas. <laughs> and, um, and then he leaves and then everyone resumes their normal conversations. Gary joins Gro- Grover, Grover, Grover with the, Grover. Uh, with the ladies. Yeah. Grover. Grover. That's going to be my new nickname. That's my summer of 2017. Oh my god, the summer's already over. And I've only gone to Scarborough. Um, <laughs> I'm already drinking pumpkin ale over here. <laughs> it was cool. Like, I had this sense throughout the movie that, like, it, it really could be anybody. And I think that's what they were kind of leaning towards. Like, mm-hmm. it's so unknown and anybody is really capable because so like people are just complex and screwed up and well i think there was a funny part in that intro uh, monologue where he's like it could be could be anybody it could be this person sitting beside you and then mm-hmm. we all actually like looked at each other suspiciously yeah, yeah. phil and then i think everybody <laughs> concluded that i'm the zodiac killer somehow i don't know why like you were just on, you were just me. looking in I your own kill, direction everybody was looking at me you're just looking off into the distance and uh, you never did answer my question about were you mm-hmm. in the Bay Area in the uh, late 60s, early 70s, but... That would be almost impossible, Kit. Kit, you should, you will need a... What do they call it? Subpoena? Oh, okay. You'll have to subpoena <laughs> that one. You, you, mm-hmm. you plead the fifth, William? I'll plead the fifth. Okay. Okay, so... Long story short, uh, after Christmas falls, after he's accused of being the potential Zodiac killer, he goes to his ex-wife's house to see his daughter because he's just so pissed off. And his ex-wife is like, no, 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 you can't be here. And she's like, no. Or he's like, no, that girl is half mine and I'll take my half right now. So he storms out into the garage, looks first at a hatchet and then finds a saw, a handsaw, and decides 
he's going to go get his half a daughter. Um, he goes yeah, to the- this whole time I was thinking, like, give the guy a break, right? He wants to see his daughter. Like, we've already got acquainted with him, and I'm like, yeah, all right. He's kind of... All right, he's kind of like this. You were seduced by Groovy? But then, no, I wasn't seduced, but I was kind of like, let's give the guy a chance, right? He just wants to see his daughter, but then when he grabbed the saw and he's like holding his daughter hostage. He wasn't really going to saw her in half, but he did hold her hostage. I don't care, he's horrifying her and he's creating a really bad uh, traumatic moment for her. Mm -hmm. And it's just not, it's uncalled for. By the way, we missed a really great moment when he's walking up to his wife's house. He, he gets hit with a newspaper randomly, and he's like, "You goddamn kid!" And, and just he's keep ready. Like it's just yeah. And then he just storms in, and he's like, uh, and then later on, as he comes out, uh, the his wife is called the police, and he's coming out with his daughter, and he's holding a gun and the handsaw around his daughter. And then he looks down at the paper and it sees the headline, Zodiac Strikes Again. And he goes like, I am the Zodiac Killer. He lets his daughter go, throws down the saw, takes a shot at the cops, exits through the back door of the house, takes a shot at another cop, and then gets shot and killed and falls into the pool in front of his ex-wife and daughter. Yeah, I'm not sure what his endgame was here. I don't... It didn't seem like he was trying to kill himself, death by cop or anything Mm -hmm. like that, but that is what happened. You know what? If the acting was better... And, like, if it was tweaked a little bit more, this could be a really tight movie. But, I'm sure it already is a tight movie. (laughs) I know, I know, but, like, you know... It's not the best On a level where, I don't know, like, like Zodiac was embraced. I don't Mm -hmm. know how this movie was received. Well... It did all right. Like, I mean, it did it did good business at the time because the Zodiac Killer was still active. And again, as we said earlier, this whole movie was, That's true. was essentially... It's a sting operation. What, 2000s or 99? The 90s? Oh, uh, the Zodiac, the David Fincher movie? Yeah. It's like 2007. Yeah. Oh. Oh, okay. A lot, yeah, a lot later. Fun fact. No, it's a huge it's a huge difference in time and this yeah. one came out around the time when it was going on. Yeah, 1971, same time as uh, Dirty Harry. Yeah. Anyway, just a thought. Yeah, Do you know what the, I mean? Do you know what I height, mean? The height of the mania. Like if they uh, uh one of the uh, one of the interesting things about this film is uh, so they they've got the documented they know the murders, all the murders including the cab driver and stuff have been happened. Included. So they're included, and it's all kind of like by the numbers. And then for the last half hour of the film, it just gets pretty silly, where he goes on a killing spree, and he's just killing everybody he meets. He's like stabbing people in elevators, and he's like killing yeah, in ladies. Hospitals. Who, yeah, in hospitals. He's slamming. After he had a bout with his father, right? Like he went to visit his father, and we see that it's like a huge... Even, uh, source of anxiety. Well, that, that was the, uh, the that was the ending. Yeah, sequence. even before that, then, he just went murder happy. So he did. He killed a couple by the lake. He killed a bunch of women on the road. He um, slammed the hood of a car down. Oh my god, that was so brutal! And then on jumped the... on the hood of the car as she was trapped <laughs> underneath it. Was pretty it. sick. I gotta say, I was like, what? You guys never wanted to do this to somebody? Come uh, on. That is what Lillian said at the time, and we all looked at her suspiciously. And but I'm, I'm still kidding. Worried. I would never hurt a fly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now uh-huh. we we actually do see we we see a couple scenes that are repeated in the in the Fincher film. We see the couple by the lake, obviously, but we also the see the cap the, the hood scene, which their interpretation of the hood is different from the Zodiac film because the Zodiac film was essentially based on the book by Ro- uh, Roger Graysmith. Robert Graysmith. Robert yeah. Graysmith, who uh, was the cartoonist. Uh, played by Jake Gyllenhaal in the film Zodiac by David Fincher. The boy detective. And his um, his like drawing of the Zodiac made him look almost like he had this kind of like ritualistic hood, whereas this film makes it look more like he's wearing a li- like basically essentially a windbreaker and a ski mask uh, with a white uh, logo point paint on the chest. I would trust the Robert Graysmith one on there. I don't actually buy his book. I think that Robert Graysmith suffers from confirmation bias and therefore was just, you know didn't actually he thinks that arthur lee allen kill is the zodiac killer yeah, yeah he's none very, of the evidence sure actually confirms that so i know and that's the frustrating thing about this case is that like we've we've uh, essentially lost and the movie if you haven't seen it corroborates the well does it it does does it at the end he looks at him and he says like that definitely it. solves the idea that arthur lee allen was the yeah zodiac. 
Yeah, but it, from 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 minute one of the movie, it says it's based on the book by Robert Graysmith. Mm-hmm. Right, right, and Robert Graysmith always ignored the fact that the ballistics and the DNA never matched Arthur Lee Allen, so yeah. it was almost certainly not him. Yeah, but we don't know. It it could have been him. It could have it. Mo- it probably wasn't him. It could have been him and another person. Like that, nobody's ever the the duo theory. The duo theory. Yeah, yeah, who knows? Well, the stabbing and the shooting—that's pretty. Uh... Did he, but he changed it. That's the thing. He changed. Interestingly, in the uh, Fincher film, um, whenever the Zodiac is represented on film, it's always a different actor who plays the Zodiac. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I did want to say that the, the one scene that we get repeated here that I didn't think we would was the murder of the cab driver. And in the Fincher film and in this film, they point out that the cops stopped to talk to someone to be like, hey, did you see anyone suspicious around? And that person pointed them in the direction of a black man, whereas and even in uh, the the official Zodiac letters, it says that they are so stupid. They stopped to ask me if I had seen anyone suspicious and I told them to look for a black man. And this film actually shows him doing it and cackling afterwards while smoking a cigarette like a supervillain. So sick. I think Lil's a fan. Lil's yeah. just remembering her own crimes. Mm-hmm. I got away with that one. Wistfully. Self-incrimination. <laughs> the wig that does it all. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> what, you don't like the idea of me being the killer? Lillian, you're too sweet to be the killer. Uh, that's old school Thanks, sexism. Friend. Playing right into my hand. No, old school. Whoa, 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 Kit. This is based upon over ten years of friendship here. <laughs> you're just that good. Like you. Just that good. You're just that good. Yeah. But you know what? It's okay. Don't believe me. It's all good. It's all part of the plan. She's stroking an imaginary beard right now. A really long one. Yeah. And. The, the brows. Yeah. Kill Bill. <laughs> <laughs> the Pi May Browse. I love that guy. Uh, this is a good episode. Um, <laughs> I, I couldn't tell if you were being sincere there or not. But I like this episode so far. Both. What do you guys think? I really like yeah. it. I'm totally on board. Yeah. I love this like serial killer theme. We like it's like a serial killer. Totally. Dick. So guys, back to the film, The Zodiac. I am very fascinated by this era in American crime, as I think we all are. Um, we don't know who the Zodiac killer is. We probably never will. There's been quite a few films made about him. Uh, this one, I ha- I think, is the most interesting because, again, like we've stated many times, it was made with the explicit purchase purchase purpose, purpose. of catching the Zodiac killer. That's so neat. I like that little tidbit. Yeah, we watched the little um, documentary vignette afterwards where they interview the producer and the director. What did they have to say? Uh, What did they have to say, Phil? Uh, I didn't didn't really catch. Phil was asleep, yeah. They were talking about something. Just, you know, he wanted to catch him. Cool. Oh, and the uh, director had been, what, he owned a bunch of Pizza Man shops or something the like that? The restaurant chain was called Pizza Man. So the whole plan was he had a, um, the movie would be playing, and the assumption was the Zodiac Killer was so narcissistic that he would come out to see a movie about himself. So he would show up, and while they were there, they would actually be raffling off a free dirt bike. So all you had to do was, like, fill in a card and give it to, essentially, the director of this movie. And the director of this movie would look at it, and if he thought it was the Zodiac's handwriting, he would hit a buzzer, and in a ice box in a, essentially a refrigerator in the lobby of the movie theater where it was playing, three um, very big rent-a-cops would jump out, tackle the Zodi- who they think is the Zodiac killer, drag him to the bathroom, and try and get him to confess. Now, they got one guy who the director is convinced is, in fact, the killer. Oh, they did get somebody. Yeah. That wasn't in the little documentary. Probably because that's it's very illegal to do. Anyways, <laughs> the um so so there there is a man that the director is convinced is in fact the Zodiac killer that they captured. So they basically captured this guy, held him in a bathroom until the police arrived. The police interviewed him and released him. However, the director is convinced it was the Zodiac killer they caught. So with all that being said, guys, what are our final thoughts on the Zodiac killer? Hey, Phil Did you get, get hey. word of this guy that they caught and let go i mean there's probably tons of them right okay okay your secret's safe a little smirking (laughs) 
So believe in safe. I have to cut every corner. No, I have to cut every. That's the opposite of cutting every corner. <laughs> Never mind. I have you to were, cut every loose end. You are not. You are not good at being a serial killer. I don't believe it, too. I think you have to tie up the loose or ends. Or am I? <laughs> That's what I meant, loose ends. Yes. Mm. You could cut them off, though, too. Wouldn't that be just as effective? Yes. To be fair, yes. Yeah. I know, but I said corners, and it's like the opposite of loose ends. So, Phil, what is your opinion on the Zodiac Killer? The movie, not the killer. <laughs> oh, I enjoyed it. I liked its uh, B production values. And it's a particularly unpredictable, over-the-top climax of uh, the Zodiac killing spree. Yeah. Yeah, he pushes that old guy down the uh, down the street in his little uh, little wheelie bed. The uh, it, it's like it's like a, an old school like uh, uh, deck hospital bed, bed yeah. or something. Okay, so we lost a little bit. Big technical difficulty. We're going to hit that old ba bum ba bum So, Kit, what, what, what are your final thoughts on the Zodiac Killer? Uh, didn't much care for him. Thought he went a little too far with his, uh, with his performance uh, I, art. I meant the movie, not the, not the actual oh, killer. Oh, I see. See, what we did right there, folks, is we re- recreated a joke. <laughs> you don't have to explain it, Graham. <laughs> It was good, because, like, when we first did it, there was no rehearsal, and we just sort of fell into it, and this time we're just like, let's just get through this fucking... Oh. <laughs> we all just did a little bow, too. It was adorable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked the the film itself. The wonkiness and weirdness of it. Yeah, there's something to it. And I especially like the last half hour where he's just on he's his just, uh, kill spree. Kill where, crazy. The, where the writers are just like, now we can do anything. When he, like, killed a woman by hitting her with a tire, and then he, like, picked up a hitchhiker... Then let her out, and then chased her down, and then killed her all in the same span of time. And then stomped the woman with the hood of the car. And uh, then when he goes to see his father, stabbed some chick in the hospital, and then clipped. It's just a random. Legs were clipped up, and he just snipped well, one of them down. The funny thing about that, Lil, is that we get this uh, this emotional beat where he goes to see his father. We didn't even know he had a father. And his father is in a jail cell in a mental hospital of some yeah, sort. Yeah, yeah, he's in the jail cell, criminally insane or something like that. And what did and he do? They said something that the father did. I can't remember now. He bit some and guy. And we're like that. Oh, he yeah, put it in yeah. the arm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, the then, and then the son is like, oh, well, I guess, yeah, Good old makes Papa sense. Zodiac, yeah. Another day yeah. in Dad's so life. So then he has this emotional moment, and he's, he's, like, crying, and he's like, Daddy, Mommy, and it's all this kind of, like, a lot of, um, I don't know, emotion. And then mm. uh, he kind of saunters out, whistling, and then he stabs somebody in a bed, and then he pushes that guy down the street in his hospital goes bed. Goes down the street, yeah, the guy in the rolly hospital bed, he rolls down it's, the street, misses two cars, goes down a flight of stairs and falls into the subway and breaks his neck. It's a lot of nonchalant psychopathy going on. Because um, he just, just doesn't give a F. Phil, what, what did you think? Yeah, I, I think we... Uh yeah, it was it was something else. Um, <laughs> this movie was something else. Phil Bardak, twenty seventeen. <laughs> so that's basically it. I, I, I just uh, speak in bite-sized blurbs. Uh, yeah, I think Kit at most adequately summed up my final thoughts. I cannot really expound on that. Yeah. Cool. Honest- I, I, I just I, I'm also very partial to uh, just how balls out fictional it gets rather than just Although we being merely we, we, speculating. We don't know if it is fictional because nobody knows for sure who the killer is. This and might be... He's responsible for, right? This director... There are a lot of loonies out there, eh? And Why are you really, looking at me that way when you see there's no, a lot of loonies movie, out there? This Graham. movie showed that because you're like, we're introduced to these people that we don't know where it's gonna go and and they're pretty like erratic right Mm. like they're like groovy and oh yeah they're all erratic um and and then remember that scene in the bar when the policeman comes in and they're kind of showing you like a scene of like a regular night out like at the bar and everybody's kind of just like "Mm," and like "Mm," like they're just so like (laughs) do you know 
Do you know what I'm talking about, Kit? You're yeah, about to... I I don't remember where I was going with this, but yeah, like so. So what you're saying, suggesting, Graham, is that the killing spree is based on real life uh, San Francisco Bay Area homicides that oh, the director we, is trying yeah, to yeah, well, again, pin onto the Zodiac, the Zodiac killer. And we don't again, we don't know who the Zodiac is or what he did. Maybe the director of this film is the Zodiac killer. Oh shit. And this is actually the true story of what he was doing. Wow. The, the whole point, of, at the end of the film, there's some great voiceover where the Zodiac Killer in the film just sort of says like, well, now I'm leaving you. Bet you feel worse that you got to know me, don't you? I bet you know people just like me. And then he keeps walking around and they, they keep talking and then he helps a little old lady cross the road. Yeah, that's what Kit was going to say. Before. Pizza man owner mm-hmm. is the Zodiac Killer. No, I was going to say the, uh, the amazing title card at the end where it's just like, this is not the end. Mm-hmm. And then the credits roll. And it's a real strange credit sequence because yeah. it's like you get it's like a montage of the murders. Murders basically the one on the beach with the with the, the guy and the girl in their, their bathing suits. Oh my god, it totally is the director, Graham. <gasps> You're so right. This is not the end. Yeah. The sequel he was communicating comes to the police that he's gonna commit more murders. Laugh all you want, I'm convinced. I remember seeing like an inside edition. Or was it Inside Edition? It might have been hard copy. In like, um... Or maybe it was Unsolved Mysteries. But they just had, basically... They had like an old guy, some really mysterious somber music. And uh, just, not even an old guy, but just some feet and some slippers. Just walking around. Some old feet and some old slippers. And they were like, is this the Zodiac Killer? Probably not. <laughs> so, Lillian, what are your final thoughts on the Zodiac Killer, the movie? I prefer not to say. Just kidding. I, I liked it. I did. I really did. I, uh, I was going to say, and that's Death by Video for this week, folks. We'll see you next week. It, it, before the credits rolled up or, you know, the introduction, it, it started out with... Uh, these kids in a wagon rolling down the street and this guy is kind of like it's a nice sunny day and then like a little cute neighborhood and this guy with like this hair and glasses and trend, like a black jacket is walking down the street and we hear a voiceover it's talking to us and saying you don't know who I could be I could be anybody I could just this and I could just that and it's just so like slinky and Sneaky and it just kind of gets under your skin a little bit. We forgot to mention uh, one of the. Uh, there's a lot of bizarre little vignettes in this movie, mm-hmm. but um, the Zodiac Killer goes into the park where these two ladies are speaking. They're talking to each other, and they're one of their kids is up in the tree and they're gonna break his neck. And then the Zodiac Killer kind of gets the kid and brings him down. And and then the mother is like, "Oh, you should thank him." And then the little kid turns to the to the killer and he's like, "I don't like you." Oh, he's got him. There we go. Safe you all son. right? What do you say to the nice man? Say thank you. I don't like him. So yeah, that was the Zodiac Killer's like good deed for the day when he helped the kid down out of the tree, because he says like, "I hope I'll see you soon," and then that's all we hear see of them. We never see them again. And um, this guy doesn't seem very interested in getting involved in romantic relationships. He's always literally getting pulled into them. Eh? Oh, like when he was putting off that that blonde woman in the bikini. He literally and- is just like. And earlier with Grover at the bar, like, mm-hmm. come on, the Grover had to fucking beg. Like, it's it's no, like, it's crazy that he didn't get on his knees. Remember, he was like, come on, man, like, I'll practically do your laundry or I'll clean your house for a week. I mean, he didn't say that, but he was <laughs> no, like, he... come on, like, you got to come and join us. Come on, come on, you got to join us. And he's like, mm-hmm. and then he finally, <laughs> and then he finally did. He's like, okay, fine. Then that's literally how it played out. And we see later on, he keeps getting into these situations where he's, like, dragged into these situations where he's got to, like, There needs to be a podcast, women. Lily, where you just, uh, you just, like, recreate scenes from movies. So he's like, <laughs> worded, like, well, yeah. yeah. Anyway. That was great. Um, I don't know if I have he did, any... though. He had a brain fart, and the guy's like, come on, man, sometimes I think you're gay. Right? Well, yeah, that was the, that was a cleaned of, up, nice version yeah, of that conversation. Some, yeah, some harsh homophobic slurs in his direction. He was like, "Hey, come on, I'm not that way." He's like, "All right, I'll apologize, but you got to come join me." Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, 
With that being said, I mean, I think we've talked a lot about it. I'm not quite sure my final thoughts are. Yeah, what are your final thoughts, Graham? By the way, I think this is the first film that mm-hmm. all of us are fresh on. Yeah. Yeah, we, none of us have seen it. I'm sure there's been another one, though. I'm sure there has to Firestarter? be. Firecracker. Firecracker, no, none of us have seen. Not Starter, sorry. Firestarter is the Drew Barrymore. Yeah. But here's the fascinating thing about Firecracker. Yeah, the like, Prozac what? song. Yeah. <laughs> the Prodigy. <laughs> prodigy. Prodigy. <laughs> Yes. Kit. Prozac. Kit. Not oh Prozac. Oh my god. Fire Sucks to be you, kid. That is amazing. You know, you know. The Prozac song. The Prodigy song. How could I get those two confused? Oh my god. You know that Prozac god. song? Smack Just my bitch. Just like up? I got the two movies confused, kid. It's very simple. Oh, fantastic. Oh my god. I don't know. I'm so tired right now. I don't know if I can, if I have coherent final thoughts and I have to wake up early tomorrow. Graham? Um, I do. I mean, I again, this is part of some of the. I'll take some of Kit's final thoughts. Um, that that are just notes. So I mean, for for me, the the thing about this is that this is again an example of regional filmmaking, which which we are losing more and more daily. And so anytime some of this is like restored or or released widely, again, this film was considered gone for decades and then just because some guy got a bug up his butt to be like you know what i kind of remember that movie i saw on some videotape like back in the 90s it didn't look very good i don't really know what it was about but it had something to do with the zodiac killer and then he found it and found an actual print that they could then digitize and scan and clean up into 4k like it's amazing the times we live in the film itself, it's like, I just love the ballsiness of it where it's like, we're going to follow this one character for the first third and then throw him away in a dramatic, crazy fashion. Follow this other character who is also a massive red herring. There are so many red herrings in this movie. It's crazy. That's the beauty of it, right? That's I agree. Oh, so cool. I know. The only thing I think this, this movie is missing is that there's no real set pieces in this film. I mean, other than, I guess, the, 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 the couple at the lake. But even that is like just no. There are no set Although, pieces. you know what, guys? I think we had him pegged when he freaked out about his rabbit Leo dying. Like, yeah, he freaked. I, I wrote down what he said there. It's pretty. Um, picks up dead rabbit. Why are evil people allowed to live, yeah. but beautiful creatures like Leo uh, have to die? <laughs> so that's definitely that's a pretty reasonable emotion. To yeah. Have. yeah, 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 yeah. He's his favorite. Exactly. And then he buried him next to a giant cross, so obviously there's a screw loose there. But, again... That was, yeah, that was the first red flag, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, uh, like, the thing about this film is that just even the way his his Zodiac get-up costume, the one that was oft-described that Robert Graysmith did the drawing of, it's just gnarly. Like, it's just so gnarly in this film. Like, he's wearing, like, this cheap-ass black windbreaker with a ski mask underneath and, like, clearly a hand-painted Zodiac logo on the front. It, there's just something gnarly and well, awesome about it. Also, his alternate costume, where it's just a black wig and yeah, the glasses and the, and with the, the Groucho nose. Marx nose, but no yeah. mustache. Yeah, because they didn't want. It seems to me that the wait. What did he do with that woman in the beginning when he was wearing the wig and the nose? Oh, he, he just stabbed her. Yeah, stabbed okay, her yeah, and left her to die on the street. The but that was gun and the uh, ski mask and the. The jacket is maybe gone, but never mind. What was unnerving about that opening scene was just how casual it is. Like, he's walking down the street, he passes some kids, and he just stabs this woman, broad daylight, like, total, like, neighborhood street, and leaves her to die, and then just keeps on walking. He probably saw his dad that morning, guys. He could have. about the dad. Yeah. I mean, like, the, yeah, the film is gnarly in a fantastic way. Would I recommend this? I don't know. Like, like outsider art. Kind yeah, of I'd almost say it's 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 possibly transgressive just for its whole existence being held to some guy who ran pizza restaurants being like, I'm going to catch the Zodiac Killer. But then again, that's no different than a cartoonist being like, I'm going to catch the Zodiac Killer in David Fincher's film. Well, the uh, the pizza owner had said that he'd, he'd been in some films before and he'd been in some, they, they showed it, some low-grade B films. That like he acted would seem in those films. The course, though, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, because he's in the film, right? He's the guy that uh, the waitress gives a ride home to, and they both get shot on the road. Oh, that's him. Yep, that's him. Oh, I, and that, that is him. supposed to be one of the killings, even though it's done differently. It yeah, is. it's yeah. a total different from how it is. Because were they the couple that the couple on Fourth of July? Yeah, right, right. The Fourth of July. Yeah, Cup. Mankus played him in uh, the Fincher movie. Yeah, Mankus from Boy Meets World. Mm-hmm. Hmm. 
And also played by, uh, who and is it from? It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? McPoyle. But, yeah, oh, yes. McPoyle. McPoyle, one of the McPoyle brothers. Yeah, he's also on, from, yeah. uh, from uh, what is it? He is from House of Cards. And he was also in, I think he, he worked on The Late Show for a while with David Letterman. Nice. He played like their intern. Oh, the intern. Mm-hmm. So that being said, regional outsider art is definitely valid and viable and I think that this film hopefully can break down some more barriers I've heard uh, the American Genre Film Archive has a lot more regional stuff in the pipeline um, I've got some regional stuff here that we can watch as well in the old video store that I've tracked down Brotherhood of Death is definitely a regional film uh, Blackenstein even though it was set in Los Angeles obviously never traveled outside of Los Angeles I just love that title Blackenstein um, so yeah I mean, with that being said, I guess it's time to reach out to our spirits that haunt this video store. Who knows what John A. recommends? <laughs> we edited all that out so the viewers have, or the listeners have no context. Good John old. A. Lester B. <laughs> Save the world. John A. Yeah. Oh, now you're getting into your Canadianness, Lil. Uh, uh. WLMG. Oh, yeah, I got it. <laughs> I was like, W, um, all right. It, G, William Lloyd Mackenzie K. Yeah, that's correct. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I was like, William Lloyd Mackenzie King? No, Mackenzie Ging? <laughs> no. I'm still a PET fan. What about Borden? Come on, he's on the $100 bill. Good old Bordy. Mm. Yeah, what about uh, good old BM? WLMK. King. Sorry, yeah. What about uh, BM? He, t- he talked to his dead dog for advice. Fun fact. Oh See, yeah, I heard about that. I love our <laughs> I love our prime ministers. I talked to a dead dog. Um, guess who else no talked? Guess who else took instructions from a dog? Son of Son Sam. Sam. Son of Sam. And next week, I just got a a word from the spirits from beyond. We're going to be watching another Son of Sam. Oh my God. The serial killer true crime. Serial killer month is mm-hmm. among us. Where is it? I don't know. A couple oh, weeks. We'll have to watch Copycat then one of these weeks. Yes, please. Ooh, possibly. Phil, have you seen it? Not in its entirety. I tried watching it illegally on uh, hey. pay-per-view. This was in the 90s. This is before <laughs> downloading. Okay. Wow, how? how you know those, like, illegal, you know, remember those black boxes? Uh, no. Uh, oh, 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 right, 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 right. Like, that's not paper. Descramble, like, the yeah, pay mind. channels, yeah. Mm. We had and one of those. It worked temporarily. Mm. Like, you could call the cable guy over and be like, hey, man, how about a beer? <laughs> so, so something like that, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I get you. I feel you. Okay, so with that being said, I have been Graham. I've been Phil. I've been Kid. And I've been Lil. And you've been listening to Death by Video. We'll see you next time. Please be sure to rewind. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. This is the Zodiac speaking. <laughs> Are you a dirt shade? We'll see you in San Francisco. History is of ages past, unenlightened shadows cast down through all of eternity, the crying of humanity. Tis then when the hurdy gurdy man comes singing songs of love. Then when the hurdy gurdy man comes singing songs of love.